This is Toronto, and it's safe to say that no one loves theater more than Lynn Slotkin. She's a theater critic, and also the publisher of the Slotkin Letter, a widely read publication that covers theater in Canada, as well as London and New York. Producers subscribe to the Slotkin Letter, so do directors, actors, and of course, audience members. You might have heard Lynn on the radio. She used to review plays for CBC Radio 1, and is currently on CIUT, where she's known as the passionate playgoer. Passionate is the perfect word to describe Lynn Slotkin. Just listen to her. You can instantly tell that she's been a lifelong fan of the stage. She lives and breathes theater. I recently chatted with Lynn about her passion and the Slotkin letter. Here's part one of our conversation. Lynn Slotkin, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Good to be here. Now, your bio says that when you're not going to the theater or writing about it, uh, you're sleeping. So I guess it's safe to say that theater is in, in your blood. Uh, what do you love about it? Um, oh, that's a wonderful question. I, I like the, the immediacy, the fact that it's live, the fact that you, unlike film, you can look anywhere on that stage and see stuff going on, if you're lucky and if it's a good production, that feeds the entire, the entire play or the entire scene. So uh, characters are, this is going to sound stupid, characters are, actors are always in character, and you can see all sorts of subtext going on around the focus of the scene that I find intriguing. I find that, that live theater, uh, unlike any other art form, just um, requires so much more attention of the audience. It requires us to be involved, which I don't think is a terrible thing. It requires us to listen as well as hear and look as well as see and constantly judge and weigh and, and, and entertain, basically. It's all about entertaining. You can have mass murder on stage. It can still be entertaining if it's done really well. And, and theater just tells us how good we are, how much better we can be, where we've come from, it, it holds up the mirror to, the, to, to how we are as people. That's what I, I love about it. Not only do you love it, but I can totally hear the passion in your voice. Uh, how did this love develop? Uh, my mother took, took me to the theater when I was 12, and uh, it was a musical. It was Oliver. It was playing at the then O'Keefe Center. It was uh, a Saturday matinee. It was in November. We wore galoshes, and we were late. We were late for the for the opening, and uh, I'd never been to the theater before. I didn't know what it was, and we're walking down the aisle to these fantastic seats almost close to the front, and this, this character, this man, was singing food, glorious food. At the same time, he was giving us the evil eye because we were clomping down the seat, down the, down, the, down the aisle, and we were late. And um, I've never been late since, if I can possibly help it. I'm usually a half hour early, but I'm watching this show uh, uh, unfold, and I'm absolutely transfixed. I'm transfixed by the by the stage, by the staging. The set was spectacular because it revolved. That was amazing. That's a wonderful introduction for a kid. And at the end of it, I was just depressed. I was distraught. I mean, I was quietly distraught. I didn't know what hit me. And, and I realized that, you know, it was, it was this depression of wanting to get this almost euphoric feeling back. And then I realized, well, I can go again. I can go to theater again. 
so from then on, I just went to the theater on my own. I, we, we lived in the suburbs. I took a uh, bus, streetcar, uh, subway to get to the theater. Usually it was the O'Keefe or the Royal Alec, but that's, that's how it began. It was, it was like a thunderbolt that hit me. I can't, I can't describe it any other way. And, and it's, and it's continued. And you haven't stopped. You haven't certainly stopped. haven't stopped. No, I've stopped to do laundry, but that's a, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Okay. How did the Slotkin letter start? Um, a friend of mine uh, named Jane Alexander was in Hamlet uh, in New York with Sam Waterston as Hamlet, and I was going. I saw that in New York. It was at Lincoln Center, and I told her that I was going to go and see the Albert Finney Hamlet uh, in London uh, in the, a few weeks later. And she said, well, let me know what you think. So, you know, when, when you're, one of your mentors says, let me know what you think, you let them know what you think. So mm-hmm. I wrote her a handwritten letter and on, on uh, maybe uh, small, pe- small, pieces of pe- uh, small pieces of paper, not eight and a half by 11. It was a regular letter. I wrote it on both sides. It was detailed and she loved the detail of it, so I just continued to send her uh, maybe one-page descriptions of the various shows I saw in London. I started to go to London in 1969 and continued to send her these letters, and over over time they expanded, as did the number of people who received the letter. So it, it got to the point where I would be going to London for maybe two and a half weeks, and one week of playing going, play going, would be 34 pages, usually on a computer, that I would send to something like 40 friends. And that started to get out of hand and out of pocket. So um, long story short, I I started to charge for for the letter. Uh, I changed the format on because somebody told me, change the format, make it a a monthly, and uh, cover maybe four or five plays, make every issue maybe uh, 15 to 20 pages, have graphics, and you charge people money. That's, that's how it started. And when you're putting together uh, the Slotkin letter and you're considering uh, which, uh, which, which uh, plays to cover, yeah. uh, what's kind of the criteria you, you consider? Um, uh, generally, anything I will see in New York and London, a lot of the times, will we'll make it into a letter. I do have what is called a, um, uh, a Canadian issue uh, that will have all, uh, that will be only Canadian shows that I've seen. So the production has to be something that, uh, that seems worthy. That sounds so arrogant, but it has to be worthy. The action, the, the acting, the production has to be top quality. The play should be interesting because usually my subscribers are artistic directors across the country in the United States and in England. They also are, they're they're usually uh, uh, professionals. So they want to know what a show looked like and they want to know was it worth doing. And and generally there are shows that I think will be picked up by my other other, uh, theaters in in Canada, Toronto, etc. So I'm looking for something that's top quality. I'm looking for a really good play. I'm looking for something that's interesting. I'll, I, I'll write about Hamlet. If it's a wonderful Hamlet, I could write about three and four Hamlets over the year if there's something that's intriguing. Uh, if, say, I had a, a preconceived notion about a, a certain actor 
and then have that notion just thrown out the window because the actor might have done something terrific. So anything that surprises me, anything that is startling, anything that is unusual, I will put in. And and I had been putting in almost everything that I saw in, in New York and London, and only recently, with maybe the, the last year or so, I'm thinking, I don't have to put in anything, uh, everything that I see in London. If it was less than then brilliant, then I, I, can, I can leave it for, for something else. So I, uh, generally, that's how I decide. So it's part trade publication and part magazine. Yeah, it is. It is. And I'm hoping it's all entertaining. There's, there's a, an, an end section that I have called Other Stuff, which is other stuff. It's not, it's not, uh, they're, they're not uh, uh, production uh, generated. They are the observations. Uh, of what I see maybe at the theater or who uh, people I've seen or or dinners I go to or uh, interesting uh, interesting happenings that happen to me so it's uh, it, it's in a, in a sense it's other stuff and I'm hearing from people who subscribe that they're saying that other stuff is their best is their their favorite part of the of the letter which you know sort of Works me because I'm, you know, I sweat my guts to, to to write these intelligent reviews, and all I do is flip to the back and look for the other stuff first, which I, I should be, uh, I, I I'm charmed by that really. And I'm just being uh, I'm being uh, ornery when I say, what do you mean? I, you know, I'm slugging my guts out here, and and and, and you like the fluffy stuff. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. And when you're composing a, a review of a, of a play, yeah, do you carry that over to the the radio portion? Um. Uh, Almost never, actually. Uh, the published Slotkin letter is separate from the the radio stuff at CIUT because th- that stuff is immediate. It's what I will see in a week, and I try to cover it as, as quickly as possible. And the stuff on the radio is shorter. You still have to try and and put in the the same things that you would do for a critique, meaning what's it about? Uh, what was the intention of the playwright? Uh, was it worth doing? And where this play might fit into the context of the playwright, of the director, of the actors, etc. In other words, I want to make those radio reviews, even though they're short, into mini critiques, not reviews in which it's just superficial in which you're telling what you saw and uh, who was in it and maybe at the end what you thought. I, I, it, it's got to be it's got to be more substantial than that. Whereas with the published Slotkin letter that goes out to subscribers, they are very involved reviews. They can go on for two and three pages, and they are more detailed than, than the radio reviews. So in a sense, I'm going to be telling people who are reading those reviews what it was like to sit beside me as I squirmed or as I fidgeted. Well, I squirm and fidget whether it's good or bad or indifferent. And you have to put the reader into the theater right beside you so that they get that sense of uh, of my passion for it, what I thought of it, and how and in a sense how they can envision what the production was like for themselves. So so the radio reviews don't necessarily make it into the Slotkin letter, and the Slotkin letter uh, reviews because it's a, a monthly will be you know much lo- much uh, much past the time when uh, those reviews would have been timely for the radio. Lynn Slotkin is a theater critic and publisher of the Slotkin Letter. For more information, please visit www.slotkinletter.com.
Slotkin is spelled S-L-O-T-K-I-N. You can also hear Lynn every Friday at 9 a.m. on CIUT 89.5 FM. She's part of the yet-to-be-named CIUT Current Affairs and Culture Show. Make sure to catch part two of my conversation with Lynn Slotkin. That episode will be released on August 12th. That's all for this episode of This is Toronto. Questions and comments can be sent by email. The address is thisistorontopodcast at yahoo.ca. You could also post a comment on the website, thisistorontopodcast.blogspot.com. And don't forget about This is Toronto's Facebook fan page. I'm Eric Rosenheck. Thanks for listening.